tēnā koutou katoa. Ko a hautiaki toko maunga, te tauai te awa, whangaroa te moana, ko mā tātua rāwa ko mamaru o ko waka, ko ngāpui rāwa ko ngātikāhu ki whangaroa o ko iwi, ko whānaupāni toko hapū, ko Tom Kloa toko mātua, ko Dorothy Ehrlich Kloa toko whaia, ko Jen Huriata toko ingo, ko Matangiroa hau, Engare e noho ana au ki nā, kei ronga ngā whenua nā te warangiria nai nei. Ka tuku mihi a hau ki o rātou mātua tūpuna. Tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou katoa. The whole thing was a dream. Small halls in country towns with captive audiences... It was 2019 and I was touring Aotearoa for the first time with local folk legends Tiny Ruins. Stirring. Do the casting. We ate fresh oysters, went for swims, stopped in at bakeries for cheese scones, winding our way around the most beautiful whenua. Like a white light. And I remember thinking how much I felt at home there, even though I was an Australian. It blows my mind to see how far away I was from remembering who I am. There's many reasons. Perhaps the main one is that I was born in Melbourne on Wurundjeri land and raised in Adelaide on Ghana land. My mum instilled a sense of pride in being Māori, but it felt abstract. Aside from occasional Christmas visits, I wasn't there with Fano learning our language and culture. Another reason is that I have white skin. I wasn't seen as racially other in the colony, so it was easy to assimilate into white culture. But as I looked below the surface, I saw a deeper reason. I didn't believe I was worthy. How much of a Māori could I claim to be if I didn't know the language or the culture? I'd become the end result of the violent project of colonisation. The erasure is complete when you can no longer see yourself. I don't identify as Australian anymore. I'm a guest on unceded Aboriginal land, land that was stolen by the Crown. A similar thing happened to Māori in Aotearoa. There was a treaty, but it wasn't honoured by the Crown. Since 1840, millions of hectares of land have been confiscated from Māori. I'm of Irish and Croatian descent, My matriarchal bloodline is Māori. I come through an unbroken line, four generations strong, of wāhini toa, strong women. My mother Dorothy Ehrlich Kloa, grandmother Huriata Puata and great-grandmother Marara Tupe were all born and raised in a small town called Matangiro in the far north of Aotearoa. Marara was born in 1861 
and grew up in a fast-changing world for Māori. Her first language was te reo, but she married a Pākehā, which meant English was also spoken in the house. Marara's daughter, my grandmother Huriata, would also have been bilingual. Then mum was born in 1930. She would only speak English. This was survival. Being Māori and speaking Māori was of no value in a Pākehā world. Although mum never shared stories of being beaten for speaking Māori at school, I have lots of whānau who do. My mum was part of the generation now known as the urban drift. Māori who came to the cities in the 50s to find work or to study. She had a brilliant career. She was the first Māori woman to receive a Master's in Human Geography and later her PhD. In 1992, after 20 years in Australia, she returned home to Aotearoa where she was appointed Senior Professor at the Sir James Hanari Māori Research Centre. Bringing a Māori woman into a department full of Pākehā men was seen as a strategic move by the Auckland University to provide a positive role model to Māori and Pacifica students. But it also came at a cost. Many of her male colleagues were critical of her appointment as she'd never held a senior academic position. This was a shared experience for many of the first wave urban Māori, losing their language and culture, but never fully accepted in the Pākehā world. But this podcast isn't just about loss. It's about remembering, reclaiming, and revitalising languages that remind us of who we are and have always been. Which brings me back to another life-changing moment during my first tour of Aotearoa in 2019. I returned home to Matangiro, the town my mum, grandma and great-grandmother were born. Matangiro is a good four-and-a-half-hour drive north of Tamiki Makoto, Auckland. As you drive through rolling green hills and cross over the Towai River, you see a couple of houses, Aumarae, and a little cemetery next to a very cute, very small church. Because it's a detour from Highway 1, it doesn't see much traffic outside of locals. Blink and you'd literally miss it. It was a Sunday, and our whānau were having a big marae and urupā clean-up day. Every Māori has a marae. They hold deep significance, housing photos of your tūpuna and the history of your whakapapa, who you descend from. They can be filled with elaborate carvings of your ancestors or have a more simple feel like a country hall. It's where tangihanga funerals are held, visitors are welcomed, and issues affecting your hapū can be discussed. The urupā, or cemetery, is usually nearby, a resting place for your tūpuna. After the clean-up, we moved into the marae. My uncle Neville welcomed everyone with a mihi whakato and my cousin followed with a waiata. My uncle then turned to me and said, Why don't you get up and tell everyone who you are, girl? I didn't speak te reo or know the protocol of how to introduce myself and so I awkwardly stood up and said, Kia ora, everyone. 
I'm Jen. Kia ora, everyone. I'm Jen. And then pointing to a photo on the wall. My great-granny is Marada. My great-granny is Marada. My grandmother is Her daughter Huriata is my grandmother. And my mum is Dorothy. I was born and raised in Australia and I live in Melbourne. Australia and I live in Melbourne. Then my uncle said, sing us a song, any song. It can be one of yours if you like. I wanted to run. I could feel the shame burning through my cheeks. I took a deep breath and started singing Watch Me Disappear, a song about losing mum. Mother, set your sails on fire. Howling winds, they claim you. Wild oceans at Rayanga. Where two seas meet to take you home. As I stood there singing, I noticed a few of the Kaumatua elders nodding their heads. I'll never forget what happened next. Cape Reinga, or Rerenga Wairua, is the northernmost point of Aotearoa. If you head out to the cliffs, you can actually see the Tasman and the Pacific colliding. For Iwi into Taitokoro Northland, it's the beginning of the journey home to Hawaiki, the spiritual pathway to our tūhuna. As I stood there, looking out through the doors onto the sunny day outside, I felt the presence of my mum. It's as though she was right there next to me. In that moment, I knew she was also coming home. You may not know your mountain, but your mountain knows you. You may not know your whakapapa, but your whakapapa knows you. You may not know your language, but your language knows you. You are enough because your tūpuna made it so. I remember weeping the first time I heard those beautiful words by Rawiri Waititi. Four years on from that tour of Aotearoa and I feel like an entirely different person. Learning te reo Māori has been a process of starting to see myself, not for what I do, but for who I am in relation to the people and the land that I come from. My mum never got to speak her language. Maybe I can be that dream for her. What you heard at the beginning of this episode is my pepeha. It locates my mountain, river, people, and even the waka my ancestors rolled in on 700 years ago. 
It's the Māori way of letting someone know what hood you're from, or what we call whakawhanaungatanga, the building of connections between yourself and others. In this case, me and you. I wrote a new album. It's called Kowo Te Awa Ko Te Awa Kowo, or I Am The River, The River Is Me. I'm dedicating it to the wahine Māori who I come through. When I sat down to write these songs, I never imagined they would reveal themselves in the process. I had no idea that making this album would bring me home to parts of myself that were longing to be known. And I realised something. Everybody's trying to find their way home. In some way or another, we're all looking for a place to stand, to belong, to be in community, to have purpose, to know who we are and how we're valued by those we love. I've been changed by my culture. It's made me want to speak to other songwriters about their experience of writing and singing in their language. So over the next five episodes, I'll be having a all with other songwriters, both Māori and First Nations. We'll be yarning about language. It's been handed down to us and it's our turn to use it now. Speaking our language, singing our language. I need these stories. We need these stories. We are so shat on in this society. Remembering our cultural practices. I can use my deal and be proud of it, which is not how it's always been. Being mixed race, being parents. These old fellas had to provide and had to care, but we're not ashamed of sharing that anymore. And that's what I want to be. I want to be free of that. Being queer, growing up and seeing how some things change and some stay the same. When it comes to healing trauma, I never thought that's what my life mission would be. These are conversations with songwriters and performers at all different places in their journey. But they're all about that special connection. The feeling of your language on your tongue. Jen Cloa. I made a new album. It's called Kuo Te Awa Ko Te Awa Kuo, or I Am The River, The River Is Me. You can hear it wherever you stream your music. I've also put a link in the episode description. Touring Australia, the UK, Europe, and Aotearoa this May, June, and July. Come say good day. <laughs>